0: Commandments of God perfectly, right? All of us understand that. But knowing what Christ came to do, and indeed church has done on our behalf, we know that we can trust in Him who has fulfilled the law and the commandments perfectly. So don't feel this burden. Don't feel like you have to go out this week. And church, I can indeed guarantee you, is as, as beautiful as we sounded together, uh, we all of us, singing those songs. I'm sure that there was pain in some of your voices singing this morning because of things that have gone on this week, things that you've dealt with, sin that you've committed, sin that's been committed against you, death that has occurred um, around you, and you feel that weight, but we come here gathering on the Lord's day to turn to our Lord Jesus, being assured of the forgiveness of our sins to those who have indeed repented Of those sins. So we confess our sins and we draw near to God through His Word together. Leviticus chapter 3, speaking of the peace offering, says this in verse 1 If His offering is a sacrifice of peace offering, if He offers an animal from the herd, male or female, He shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. And He shall lay His hand on the head of His offering and kill it at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Aaron's sons, the priests, shall throw the blood against the sides of the altar. And from the, sacrifice, and from the sacrifice of the peace offering as a food offering to the Lord, he shall offer the fat covering the entrails and all the fat that is, in, uh, that is on the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them at the loins and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidneys." Then Aaron's sons shall burn it on the altar on top of the burnt offering, which is on the wood on the fire. It is a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If his offering for a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord is an animal from the flock, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. If he offers a lamb for his offering... Then he shall offer it before the Lord. Lay this hand on the head of his offering and kill it in front of the tent of meeting. And Aaron's sons shall throw its blood against the sides of the altar. Then from the sacrifice of the peace offering he shall offer as a food offering to the Lord its fat. He shall remove the whole fat tail cut off close to the backbone and the fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them at the loins and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidneys. And the priest shall burn it on the altar as a food offering to the Lord. If his offering is a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord and lay his hand on its head and kill it in front of the tent of meeting. And the sons of Aaron shall throw its blood against the sides of the altar. Then he shall offer, it, offer from it as his offering for a food offering to the Lord, the fat covering the entrails and all the fat that... It, he shall remove with the kidneys, with the fat that is on them, at the loins and the long lobe of the liver, he shall remove with the kidneys. And the priest shall burn them on the altar as a food offering with a pleasing aroma. All fat is the Lord's. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwelling places that you uh, eat neither fat nor blood. That's the word of the Lord for us this morning. Church, let us be in an attitude of prayer. Father God, thank you for this time that we could gather together again in the presence of one another, and you are most high. God, would you just lead us in this time, let us draw near uh, to your word. God, we pray that your spirit would illuminate the truth of your word, that we would seek no new revelation, for there is none. God, you have closed your word, the canon is closed, and you've spoken. Let us listen this morning to what you have to say. God, would you lead us and guide us, direct us, sanctify us for our good and for your glory. And all God's people said... Amen. Amen. I got to that part where um all fat is the Lord's and it reminded me I, I listened our, our sending church had done this and uh I just remembered right when he said that he said amen church he like he, when he was reading and he said amen church all fat is the Lord's and I was like started to hear that again in my head. I'm like amen one of the given amen to this sermon that's going on in my head. I'm like get out of my my ear, brother. I don't need you right now. With your little jokes. Um so I want to remind us real quick before we go any further. If you guys have questions, I'm sure there's been questions that just haven't been asked yet. You can go to newhilloh.com forward slash ask. Send uh, Leviticus, is about Leviticus, your mind and your heart while we go through it, and then we'll answer that. I can answer that the, the following week through a podcast blog, or if you're like, hey, like I really need to sit down and talk about this over coffee, uh, then we can make that happen. I know a place uh, to do that. Um, or we can climb uh, rocks and uh, get to the top, and then I'll answer your question while we're at the top of the rock. So um, whatever works, but if you don't ask questions, church, you don't grow in your faith, you remain wondering what that means. All right, as we look at Leviticus chapter three, uh, point number one is that peace brings fellowship. Everything's gonna revolve around peace this morning. This is the peace offering, right? So what we need to do is understand what this peace offering did and what peace does for us today, church. So first off, peace brings fellowship. If we don't have peace, then we don't have fellowship, right? Go to a family reunion where it's not a peaceful family and you won't have good fellowship, right? You're not going to have any fellowship. You're going to have hatred. You're going to have arguments. You're going to have people staying on one side of the yard from the the people on the other side of the yard because there's drama there. There's no peace, right? Peace brings fellowship. And the good thing when you think about that, you're like, well, there's some brothers and sisters in here that kind of drive me crazy. But you're here this morning. You want to know why? Because we have the peace of Christ. Because we have unity in Jesus, and that's what brings brothers and sisters in Christ from different areas of life, uh, from different uh, nationalities, to be able to come and worship in one room on the Lord's Day and praise Him and sing songs together because we have a uniting factor, and that factor is Jesus, who is our peace. So church, remember, peace brings offering here, the peace. And where there is no peace, there is no fellowship. So we come to this offering here, the peace Offering and is also called the fellowship offering, right? So, man, how did how did he come up with fellowship? It's literally what it also is, right? It's also the fellowship offering. Okay, so when you look here at this peace offering, this word in the Hebrew, it's shalem, like shalom, right? Shalom we know is peace, so shalem comes from this same root word of shalom, and it means shalem. This peace offering means a sacrifice for alliance or friendship is the exact definition of Shalem. An offering or a sacrifice for alliance or for friendship. Okay, So this offering, it was one that uh, was brought to God. It was an offering that was, was given to God, a gift given to God when seeking God's blessing or celebrating God's blessings upon your life, right? So if you were like, hey, I want to bring this peace offering, there's some things going on, it's a, it's a vow to God, and you would bring it, uh, and you can read all the details there again in chapter 3, exactly what you would do for this peace offering, and you'd bring it to God and seek uh, his, his blessing. Now we know, and, and they knew then, is not everything that we ask for is going to be answered. We're not always going to get exactly what we're asking for, uh, but God surely blesses his people with everything that they need amen we know that we have to know that we have to know that you can't next week be like hey i'm gonna bring up a goat that it wasn't like that then prosperity gospel but tithing the most you can doesn't bring about more blessings we don't believe in the prosperity gospel but the true gospel of christ where christ has given us everything that we've needed and more amen so this was brought when seeking god's blessing or celebrating god's Blessings. Now this one is unique uh, because it was the only one that they feasted on. So one of the questions I did get was when it talks about a food offering pleasing to God. You see that um, there in the previous offerings. It wasn't one that they were eating. The grain offering particularly did go to the, the priest and it did supply their need. But it wasn't this meal that they were having. The food offering, when it says a food offering pleasing to the Lord, um, it's a symbolic uh, Thing when, when burning this and it lifting up to God that it was pleasing to him as, as, as if it was sufficient. It was satisfying to him because we know that food does what? It fills you up. So God was satisfied with those offerings like that of food. So it was a food offering, a food gift. This one, however, is one that they feasted on and it provided a meal of celebration. Okay, So this wasn't uh, something that uh, they, they did all the time, eating meat. Meat was a delicacy. Some of you are, what? We eat meat all the time, right? It's it's grilling season, right? Amen, men, right? Amen, women. Those of you all grill in your house, um, amen. That we love meat. We live in a, a culture where we just cannot get enough meat. And some of you are like, I don't like meat, right? It's okay. The Lord forgives all sin, <laughs> all sin, as long as it's repented of. It was um, that's a joke. I don't want to get any questions about that. Not eating meat is not a sin. It was a delicacy to the Israelites. It wasn't a common thing that they participated in, this eating of meat. Do you all have, like, that one delicacy, like, in your family? Maybe think of it like a meal of celebration in your home. Aside from uh, Miss Violet's peanut butter crackers, right? How many of you all have had those? You're welcome. I told everybody about this delicious secret, and now it's become this delicacy for the whole church. You are welcome. But mine, my delicacy in our house, is Aubrey's crockpot pork chops. Those things are to die for. And I can thank my mother-in-law because I'm pretty sure that's her recipe. Is it? Is it? It's Greta's recipe, right? And I just love it, right? I think that's why I fell in love with Aubrey because her mom would make these meals and I'm like, Lord, thank you, right? This is my peace offering this morning. Cut off the loin and we'll enjoy this meal. Uh, in remembrance of you, Lord, thanking you for all your blessings. They are to die for, right? I absolutely love them. Aubrey's uh, delicacy, my wife, it would be uh, noodles and Parmesan. Uh, She calls that spaghetti. Uh, It's probably one of our biggest dilemmas in marriage is the fact that my wife calls Parmesan and noodles, and I'm talking like the, the shake it, Parmesan, not like I'm gonna get a cheese grater out and grate it over, nice, fresh Parmesan. She calls it spaghetti, and I said that's poor man's Alfredo, It's not a delicacy. (laughs) But church, this offering, it was special. It was so special because it represented fellowship between God and God's people. When they brought this, it was a remembrance with them. And remember, Leviticus is all about God showing his holiness, their depravity, and their need to get back into his presence. Because God wants to dwell with his people. But the only way to do that is to remove sin. Because God is holy. So it was very special. 1 Samuel 11.15 So all the people went to Gilgal and there they made Saul the king before the Lord. There they sacrificed peace offerings before the Lord and there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. So they bring this peace offering, all of them before the Lord And it says, there, Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly because Saul has now been appointed king. And they're celebrating this because they they felt that this was God's blessing, that God was using his people, advancing his nation for their good and for his glory. They're celebrating this. And they're doing it with this offering where a portion of it is given to the Lord, and then some of it was taken to feast. This was a delicacy. It was that big time of celebration. Honey, get out the pork chops, put them in the crock pot, let's go shop, and when we come back, they'll be ready. We'll feast. How do we celebrate the Lord in our life? We throw, now this isn't the old Baptist preaching where it's like, we, we throw Super Bowl parties, but, but we make really good food for those, right? Birthday parties, we invest money into to cakes, that we know five-year-olds are just gonna smash and tear up. Hey, let's just, the best of the best. How are we celebrating the Lord in our life? What is our offering to God? Now, we'll get there, but think about it. What is your offering to the Lord? When you come before the Lord, are you giving him your best or your leftovers? It's a constant reminder through this book of Leviticus that God is wanting the heart of his people to seek after him And all that they have. Now, church, imagine seeking fellowship with God through constant offerings, constant peace offerings, constantly, hey, I want to celebrate God, so I've got to go get a lamb. And that's a sacrifice because if you're grabbing something out of your own livestock, right, and and you have to bring that, then you're losing something out of your own field. You're losing a full meal off of your table. It's a lot. But now, church, we don't have a need for this as Christ has given us perfect fellowship with the Father by being our peace. He is our peace offering, and those who repent and believe in him have peace with the Father. He's the mediator of the new covenant, as the author of Hebrews says in chapter 9, verse 15, says this. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal and in- hid under the first covenant. Church, praise be to God for the establishing of the second covenant of the, uh, by the blood of Jesus that we now have peace because we have a mediator who's mediating on your behalf to the Father, so that when the Father looks at you, he sees the Son, yes. and he pardons you. Oh, he redeems us from the first, so that we may have life in the second. So we know that peace brings fellowship. The church, peace is also only offered through sacrifice. Point number two, peace is offered through sacrifice and that sacrifice right is, is Jesus but here they they had something that they had to sacrifice and to give up so that they could have fellowship and they could have this peace with God to be in his presence again we we've, we've hit on this but here I want to reiterate it again and again and again every week that we meet and we go through Leviticus because it's not about the offering itself church it's about the heart behind these offerings because we know that we can do outwardly good things while being Eter- internally evil, right? See, an offering church is a gift. And if there's something that I've learned in 10 years of marriage, right? We just, we just celebrated our tenure uh, this past week. I've been so excited to say that. In 10 years of marriage, I've learned this. Been waiting to use that. What I've learned is that gifts don't bring peace. True sacrifice does. Think about that. True gifts don't bring peace peace, gifts will not get you out of the argument. Every man already is like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. because gifts will not get you out of the argument. Sacrifice does. That sacrifice where you're willing to figure out what's gone wrong and you're leading in your marriage or your care for your marriage and your love for your wife, like Christ loved the church, to figure out that and to lead your wife through her sin also, to point her to the cross. Until that sacrifice happens, the gift will mean nothing. It's meaningless. What we do, men, in, in those situations is think we've got a little extra money, and that money can buy something to get us out of this problem. But that's a gift. That's not sacrifice. I mean, honestly, I had to, like, weigh this out this morning. Uh, Aubrey wasn't feeling well, and I was like, I'm going to go back and get the girls from the house, and that will make her so happy. And I was like, Wait. Am I thinking, like, so far ahead to, like, Wednesday, like, hey, babe, you remember, like, when I picked up the kids and you weren't feeling well and I dealt with them all day, but really it was my mother-in-law holding our three-year-old during service and the teachers that were caring for my six-year-old and I, like, ran them back home as soon as service was over? Or is it the sacrifice of, hey, I'm willing to go through a little bit more hassle on Sunday morning when I know that Sunday mornings are busy so that my wife can rest easy for a little bit? There's a difference in a gift and a sacrifice. Consider their sacrifice here in Leviticus 3. Giving up of the best. Unblemished. From the herd, livestock, or the goats. And then giving up its best parts offered to God. Not just, you're just considered the best. Fat, kidneys, and liver. Any of you all eat kidneys or liver? I knew Grammy. I knew when I put this down that Grammy'd be like, "Yeah, I literally thought of you, Grammy. I literally thought of you." Some of you are like, "Hmm," and then the hillbillies are like, "Yes, sir. We <laughs> lo- love us some some good old kidney, right? Eat us some uh, pork liver. That's what we're all about." I'll never forget my dad teaching me about how big of a delicacy a good piece of fat on a steak was as a kid. My dad would always something Frank, mm mm-hmm, yep, everybody. If you know, you know, and if you don't, then you need to go to Keller's Meat today or whoever's open and get you a fresh cut of meat and eat some of that fat. Quit cutting it off and throw it in the trash and feeding your dog the best part. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. My dad would tell me, he's like, not too much, but just enough, right? I'll cut off a little bit, but I want you to eat some of that fat, son. It's good. And I remember, my dad's crazy. It looks slimy and gooey, and I ate it, and I'm like, I became a believer that day, right? God is good. It's delicious. And you give God the best part. They weren't just giving the sacrifice, but the best parts of that sacrifice so that when they took the meal back, they didn't even have the best part of the fat, which is a greater delicacy. They didn't whine. They shouldn't have grown. See, that would be the difference. If you bring the gift... And you do it reluctantly because you're like, man, I'm about to have meat, which is a delicacy, and I never get that. But man, Lord, I just why do we do that? so? Give, give it up to God as a sacrifice, knowing that God has given you everything you've had to begin with. In Christ's church, however, our sacrifice is not that of fat or of animals, grain or anything else, but it is ourselves that is the sacrifice that we are to give to God. Micah 6, verses 6 through 8. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the first fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God. Church, this was Old Testament stuff. Micah 6, verses 6 through 8 is Old Testament. And they understood it then because they knew they should have known, and many did, but many did not. Just like today, many come into church and don't know the true Lord of all creation, but sing about Him without knowing the peace that He truly brings participating in the motions without believing in the salvation of their souls. And they knew it, and we see it more clearly and constantly expressed here in the New Testament. Consider Romans 12, verses what, church? Body is your spiritual, what? Living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Our entire life, church. Every bit of our being, being given over to God as a living sacrifice. Church, you don't have to die for your sin, for your blood would cover nothing. My blood wouldn't cover my own, and it surely won't cover yours. Reiterate what Nelson said, I'm not God, and I can never be. But praise be to the Father who sent his Son, our Savior, our God, to die in our place, that those who repent and believe in him may have peace because of the sacrifice of Christ. We're going to continue going into Hebrews um, over and over through this entire book because Hebrews gives us greater clarity and understanding of Leviticus. For the author of Hebrews, again, writes in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 9 through 16, Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods, which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own what church? Blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here... We have no lasting city. Offer up a seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Church, God didn't need their lamb. God didn't need the fat. He didn't need the loin. He didn't need any of it. It was the heart's intent of giving that up to God that showed their allegiance, their peace offering, right? A sacrifice, an offering made for an allegiance that showed their devotion to the one true triune God. Now, we offer up ourselves and we look at our resources and God tells us to use those resources to bless our brothers and sisters, our towns, our communities, for our good and for his glory, so that people may see your sacrifice and look to the sacrifice of Christ. Church, because of Jesus, our sacrifice, he's our sacrifice, we are now able to be a living sacrifice. Without him, you cannot be a living sacrifice, but to those who are in Christ and Christ in you, you no longer have to go to the temple to make peace, but you get to be the temple and share the peace you now have dwelling inside of you as a believer. And remember, church, peace comes by blood. Point number three, peace comes by blood. There's a sacrifice, but church, it had to come by blood. At the very beginning, you see at the fall that God sacrificed animals, he clothed his people. There was blood shed on that very day. Blood to satisfy the eternal wrath of God. And that was Jesus. Leviticus three seventeen, so what we just read, this is important. It says, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwelling places that you eat neither fat nor blood. So it should be understood, needs to be understood. When we're talking about blood and the restriction of blood, right, and and meats, you get these dietary restrictions. Many of us have have studied them to make sure that we're, we're good to eat bacon. And you're good to eat bacon, I'll get there in a second. These dietary restrictions have passed in Christ, for he fulfilled this law, um, and and the New Testament gives us greater clarity again. So I'm not going to exhaust this fact this morning, but here you go, Acts 10, 9 through 16. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens open And something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, said, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. And you know, when Peter's given a vision, uh, it's a for you, Peter. So if you love bacon this morning, church, can I get an amen? amen? God made it for you, for your good, and may you glorify him when you enjoy it. But that begs the question, why was blood restricted? First off, we do understand that there's some issues health-wise um, to, to not eat blood. Actually, not even thinking about it, it popped up on my Facebook because it's grilling season. Uh, did you all know that when you get a, a steak, and you feel like it's undercooked, how many of you all knew that that's not actually blood on your plate, that red stuff? How many of you all didn't know that until I just said it, that that's not blood? I didn't know. Some of you are like, I'm not raising my hand because I don't want to feel foolish. It's not, it's this like protein or something that comes out and it's insane, it's not blood. So um, I literally, uh, we, had, we were at a cookout when I was a kid and this guy totally undercooked it. It was like, I literally felt like a vampire. And as a child I was like, Just devastated. I was like, this is sick. Um, I didn't even want to eat the fat off of it. It was just nasty. Uh, You all know how I feel about the fat of a steak. It was gross. But now I look back at it, and I'm like, ah, I should have finished the whole thing, I guess. I don't know. It still didn't taste great, but it's not blood. Okay? So now we get into to why was blood restricted, right? They didn't need to drain the blood. There was significance here. There's health issues with just straight up drinking blood. Um, there's cults that do it and uh, shame on them. It's not something that should be done health-wise, but even biblically. And there's a reason. Second Chronicles 29 24. And the priests slaughtered them and made a sin offering with their... For the king commanded that the burnt offering and the sin offering should be made for all Israel. Okay? So that's... One thing, you're seeing blood tied to atonement for the payment of sin. Then Hebrews, again, chapter 9, verse 22: indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with what? Blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Church, blood carried a significant weight because it was so greatly attached and tied to the atonement, the payment of sins. So blood is precious. When we sing "Precious blood of Jesus," the, the, whatever the song is, the, oh, the blood of Jesus." when we sing lyrics like that, it's not like we're being like weird like uh, phlebotomist, right? where we're just like into blood. We understand the value and the significance yes. of the blood of Jesus. And in the Old Testament before Jesus came, it was so important that they understood that blood was going to be the way that their souls would be paid for. Tim Keller says this, he says, religion says earn your life, secular society says create your life, Jesus says my life for your life. That's Tim Keller. And it's so good because it reminds us that Jesus' body wasn't just hanging up on a cross, that church, his literal blood was shed so that we may have life and have it abundantly if we believe in Jesus our Lord. We have to understand the significance of the blood of Christ or we have no reason to, to praise him this morning, church. When it came to the payment of sin, blood shed, always bloodshed, when it came to the payment of sins. Now in the Old Testament, they were doing these sacrifices, and those sacrifices never atoned. It satisfied God, it covered up temporarily, but it never eternally paid for their sins. But rather their faith in the coming one who would pay for their sins by the shedding of his blood did count them as righteous. It is by the blood, church, shed once and once for all, that you may have eternal peace with the Father. Ben, you can come back up. I want to end here in Hebrews 10, verse 14. Oh, precious is the blood. It took me a minute. When you didn't grow up in church, it takes you a little while to, like, remember some of the songs. Um, I can sing every Leonard Skinner song you all want to hear, but consider this. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. For a, by a single offering, his blood being shed, no more offering needed to be made to satisfy God's wrath, for it never could. But he did once and for all. Church, I'll say it again. It is by the blood shed once and for all by Jesus Christ on the cross that you may have eternal peace with the Father. And now to those of you who are believers this morning, you've surrendered your life to Christ. How are you going out and living with assurance of that peace, knowing that you've been forgiven, knowing good, but you've been forgiven. Earth, the light of the world. How are we going out and sharing that peace? We are called to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. How are we doing that and displaying this goodness? Because I'll tell you something, I'll go back to that quote, religion is saying earn your life, So there's, maybe some of you are religious this morning and you think being here is is adding to, it's another token that you can cash in at the gates of heaven. But you'll find out when you get there, your pockets are still empty. Secular society, those who aren't even in the church, are saying to create your life, go and do something good, be good, and you'll get somewhere. Jesus is saying, I've already done it. I've paid it. It's paid in full. You can't add to it. Trust in me. How are we sharing that good news with people? And this morning, let me share with you, if you're not a believer, repent of your sin. That means to turn away from it and believe in Christ as your Lord. Surrender to him and you will have life and have it abundantly. One day you will be redeemed and your fullest and its fullest to the Father because of the sacrifice of the Son. One day, if you believe you'll stand before the Father not being seen for all of your insecurities and all of your sins and all of your transgressions, but rather the righteousness of Christ being seen in you and through you. Church, if you would go ahead and stand. I'm gonna end us in prayer. I'm gonna sing one last song and praise God for this eternal sacrifice made. But remember, church, that we have to have peace. Peace brings fellowship. We know that peace comes from a sacrifice, and it's by the blood. Peace comes from yourself and your whole life this week. The blood of Jesus, sacrifice, nothing but yourself and your whole life this week because he's already paid the price for you. And fellowship with your believers, your brothers and sisters this week. Let us remember the goodness of our God. Father, we pray this morning, uh, God, that you would just continue to, to work in our hearts as we're leaving here. We're going away to lunch. God, I pray that we would be gracious in our generosity to those who serve us at lunch. God, that we would remind them of the peace that that is only found in the sun. God, may you comfort us this week, reminding us of the grace that met us where we were. God, and would you lead us with a drive that is driven by the truth of the gospel. God, that we would not unwaver. That we wouldn't waver in our faith, would not waver in our belief. We would be bold. We would say exactly what the word says. And we would call people to believe in you. God, I pray that in our weakness, you would show your strength. We know that you do. But would you remind us of that? Would you comfort us by your spirit? You're working in spite of our weakness. We praise you. Father, God bless this week. Go before us, those who are missing this week. God, keep them safe in their travels, their endeavors. We long to be with them again. And God, would you be with those we haven't met yet? God, I pray that you'd go before before us and begin softening their heart and showing them already the peace that is found through the Son. Father, God, we love you and we praise you. We ask all these things.